down in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Hello everyone and welcome. What a week we just had. I guess the majority of the primaries are over. And it made me very sad to see that the turnout was so light that I believe that people don't understand the importance of primaries. I know in Florida, this is a real travesty because people get elected from a primary. If you're on the school board and you're running a no party affiliate, then you will get elected during a primary. Many county commissioners are elected during a primary. We have to inform the people in the future. Primaries are equally as important as the general election, especially we cannot allow the rhinos to get in place because that's what happens when the voters don't show up. We wind up with candidates and we go, how did that guy ever get there? Well, they got there basically because you didn't vote. And that's never a good thing. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the prism of America's education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. And we are hammering choice in Florida. So please make sure that your school board members, your new ones, tune them into the Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, Make sure they understand the value and importance of choice, especially in books, because what I have discovered after doing a lot of due diligence and going through textbooks is the textbooks are the issue. The textbook is where that information comes from. And there is nothing written that says we have to use textbooks. We can use any books. The idea is to make sure we tell the truth. Constantly, we have to be the ones in charge. We have to be the ones with oversight. We have to recognize and name our enemy, which we are also not doing. So let me remind you who they are. They are the Democrats, the communists, the Marxists, the socialists, the dictators, the fascists, the rhinos, the progressives, and the Islamists. Basically, everybody who hates America, hates American values, and hates the family. They hate, H-A-T-E, capital letters, hate us. And we have to recognize that because when we fail to recognize our enemy, we allow them to get away with too much garbage and too much restrictions on we the people. They despise America, they despise capitalism, and they despise anybody who's not part of their climate cult. They will funnel all policies through the world court, through the United Nations. Is that where you want your policies to come from? Remember, the United Nations is not interested in elections or elected officials. They'd like to get rid of them. 
and they have dreamed up a scheme called regionalism, which goes across straight state lines. So your water issue may not be taken up by your local community. Yes, probably a water commissioner. Who elected him? Nobody. And this is what we have going on. They have dreamed up horrible things. And I really do mean horrible because these are evil people. And remember, folks, they are in both parties. Just because you have an R after your name doesn't mean you're a good guy. Just because you have a D doesn't mean you're a bad guy, although the Ds are mostly involved. But the R's are involved just as well. You've got to get to know the people. You can't leave anything to chance. Know who you are electing. That is of utmost importance. And now is the time, now that that one candidate is the shining star, get to know them. Get to know who they are. Get it so that they know who you are. And when you call them, they answer and say, hello, Karen, how are you? That's the kind of relationship you want to have. We have a very important season coming up in 2024. And the focus to me in our state is going to be, as always, the economy. And what are we going to do about it? And what are we going to do about this new scoring program that the United Nations has dreamed up, which will only set America back into poverty, which is their goal? Let me read you couple of sentences from Michael Oppenheimer. He was the Environmental Defense Fund who helped to create Agenda 21, i.e. all the way up to the Great Reset. What did he say? The only hope for the world is to make sure there is not another United States. We can't let other countries have the same number of cars, the same number amount of industrialization that we have in the US. We have to stop these third world countries right now where they are. That's not progress. That's not helping. That's not doing. That's restricting. And that's what they do. And they have dreamed up, I thought, one of the greatest schemes that you could possibly imagine focused on the economy, using not excellence to rate a company, but using the environment, social justice, and governance to tell how good a company is. How does that make sense? It doesn't. And we are very lucky to have one of my favorite groups is the Heartland Institute. The things that they write, the, the articles, the podcasts, things that come from this group is just incredible. And we're so lucky today to have Betty Graham with us who wrote several incredible articles on what we now know as ESG. Welcome to the show, Betty. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Well, Betty, uh, you are a... You were a North Dakota lawmaker, so you understand how this system works and how we get involved into all of these horrific programs, I think basically by not paying attention. And this, I think, is a large part of what's happening in America because they feel uh, these political, quote, leaders who I wouldn't consider a leader at all, but they feel that they're in charge, they're smarter, they, are, they know more, and, and therefore they should be the ones to dictate the way we live our lives. Well, I certainly don't agree with that. But the scheme that they uh, dreamed up, Betty, 
what is it really all about? What does it mean? Where is it going? Well, I think, you know, I loved your introduction. I think you did a, a good job of laying out um, really a lot of what's happening. And when you talk about um, this top-down way of doing business where the UN gets together with a bunch of the uh, top financial people, the big uh, billionaires of the world, and they decide to set the agenda for the rest of the world. And that's how we end up in, in a great reset like we are right now. And it, it's, it's something that happens over time, which is, 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 I think, a really interesting thing. I was just reading back on some notes way back from 2016 that um, I had put together on a whole different topic. But it, what I'd written was the grain of the line. And instead of having this uh, black line in the sand of what is moral and immoral, in that that line has been pushed and pushed and pushed and that line has become totally gray. And it's because we did exactly what you were saying is we trusted our leaders to do the right thing and to take care of us and to do, do what needed to be done. And, and we didn't. And those leaders, I'm talking about not just government officials and elected people. We did that through, through um, we thought the church would hold the moral ground. We thought that the government would hold the legal ground. We thought we had um, upright and just judges in the world and in, in our country. And, and we didn't. And we didn't hold them accountable the way we need to do now. And we have to be pushing back that line. We have to put some understanding in that line and put it back into the it's it's moral place it's our liberty place our you know whatever term you want to use but there's a there's a line that draws us to what makes us the greatest nation in the world and that is what we are failing down and we are not becoming the greatest nation in the world if we allow them to continue to do this. So I'm a strong believer that vetting our candidates, learning who these people are, not just listening to what they say, but actually going back and looking at their actions. To me, actions speak louder than words. But I have a big problem when I go to a legislator and I say, okay, uh, Utah and West Virginia have come up with an incredible plan to stop ESG in their states. What are you doing? What are we going to do in Florida? And I get an answer like, what's ESG? That's scary. Although I tell you what, Florida is probably in the lead. Think about that in the nation. That's scary. Um, well, well, the thing is, North Dakota, uh, Florida has legislation that's being drafted for 2023. They have some great, great legislation. Um, and we will be working with them on that, along with other coalition groups, to make sure that things go in place. Um, your CFO, your treasurer, like you were referring to in West Virginia and Utah, yours isn't called, well, I, I don't think they call him a treasurer. They call him a CFO. Um, yeah. Each state has their own kind of name for it, but but that's um, his job. Um, he and his assistant are very much so on a very fast tra trajectory of the learning, and they are at the top of the curve. Your governor has set the standard across this nation in in the way he has been pushing back on ESG. 
it is phenomenal to watch. And there are other governors that are trying to do what he is doing. Well, how does this ESG stuff really work? Um, Let's say I'm a small business owner, which I was, and I want to hire some new people for my business. So now instead of seeing if they could actually do the job, I have to check them and make sure they're the right color and the right minority. So I have the right ratio in my business. Is that the way this is going to work? So there is there is that issue of um, they are setting up percentage of employments, employ, employers, employees in categories by age and um, by grouping them in gender and um, diversity or ethnic uh, background. That is not being pushed as hard for the hiring aspect as it is, especially in the small business, but it is in the boardroom. And so these large corps are switching around their boards to have this type of diversity in that. And when they do, that's when they start to push the liberal agenda out of it. I think one of the case in points is one of the large oil companies had a takeover by these kind of shareholders. And in that, all of a sudden, an oil company is top on ESG scoring because they've invested all of their money into wind and solar, carbon capture, and all of these things so that they end up green instead of producing the oil that they should be in our, for our nation. This is really sad. I believe that ESG is nothing other than affirmative action for corporations. I'm wondering when that happens and when we are forced to hire inferior um, producers. And folks, uh, it does not matter what ethnicity you are. If you're not trained in a particular area, you're inferior. It doesn't make any difference. If your boss tells you that this is what the job is going to be and you've never done it before, you're at the bottom rung. It doesn't matter what color you are. The objective of the boss is to make sure that the products you produce are the best quality so that your customers will have a favorable opinion of them and share the share the product, share the information. That's the way products get produced. But now we are being forced into hiring people that may not be quality for that particular job. And then you can't Fire them, because if you do, you'll be taken to court saying you're a racist for uh, not following the Civil Rights Act. They are putting us and American business and enterprise in a huge disadvantage. And, you know, uh, Betty, I saw this when we were ordering some items that my husband couldn't get anywhere in America, and we had to get them from China. And these were precision instruments. And Mm -hmm. not one of them came in with any precision. They don't care. It's No, it's not okay. If you're looking for precision, that has to go in a car. That has to be part of a screw to screw in whatever it is. And you need precision. We're not going to get it. And therefore, our products will, instead of being the American excellent that they always were, will now be a total failure. And usually cause more harm than good in the production. But what does the social part stand for? 
that is where we're dealing with the social justice aspect of things, whether it be gender identity, uh, the age, you know, hiring of certain ages, you know, all the things that we used to call discrimination are now considered social justice. It's how do you deal with um, all of these things where, you know, the white male is bad person, so they can, you can't hire them. It doesn't matter if they're the best in the world. Um, you need to hire on this diversity plane. And that's what that social social justice is that leads to the S, the S but it um, lends into the governance side. So they, they slide together. That's how the E and the S and the G tend to start working together. So if I'm a corporation and I want to expand my business and I now get a loan, I am going to have to adhere to all of these new, quote, risk factors. So instead of seeing if my company is profitable, which is the basis for lending money, or should be the basis for lending money, profitable and reputable, then nobody's going to care as long as I have the right diversity on my uh, board of directors. Well, according to the lenders, yes. And, and it's, is, not just, it's not just the lenders. This is coming from the insurance companies, the high, the big insurance companies as well. So it started um, uh, over a decade ago when oh, the coal companies, they became the bad guys, right? Okay, oh boy, you can't have coal. Oh, coal is bad, bad, dirty coal, dirty coal, they started to call it. Words mean something. So watch how they change the words and what words are allowed to be used and how they use them and they use them against you. So all of a sudden coal, which was um, our, it, which is our consistent form of energy. It is the most reliable and cheapest form of energy for the world. And I'll get into that on the third world stuff if you want. So they, what the insurance company started with, they started doing, you know, every half year or so going in. And even if there was no incident at these oil, at these coal companies, they would jack up the interest rates. And so they eventually made it. So it's, they take away the entire profit and ability to do business because the insurance rates are so high. I believe that um, over time now, what they're finding out is I think they will end up in a lawsuit on this fairly soon because it's, unfair practice of what they're doing. And these major insurance companies have tried to shut down and have managed to shut down, um, especially through a lot of the Obama era um, rules. We lost a lot of our coal power. And that's why you see part of the reason why you're seeing your heating and cooling rates going up as high as they are. People should get involved in their planning and zoning committees then in their local communities. Would that not be a good idea? Absolutely. And, and so that is what happened in Grand Forks. And so they also have massive petitions to stop this that are going on. Our congressional group has uh, leaders have gotten involved in that. They're bringing forth discussion in Congress regarding this and the other places. North Dakota is not the only one that this has happened in. It's just ours made it to the press and blew up nationwide, of which is fine with us. Um, that was a good thing because this is what people are all about. It's the pushback. Yeah. I don't think that your governor and state legislator would have been interested in this if the people hadn't said, wait a minute, no. <laughs> so 
we are in, we are really in charge if we exercise that power. Yes, yes. And we had a special session back in um, November of last year, and, and they, um, they did talk about this. And it got brought up and the legislature said this has to be looked into. And, and it was it, it really got brought up as a national security issue for a number of reasons. And one of them is Grand Forks has um, an Air Force base. And it was within airspace of this drone testing area. And so that's where it became a national security issue. That's where our congressional leaders are, are taking this and needs to be stopped. Now, another area that I think we need to be aware of is, yes, China's buying up land and we are concerned and should be very concerned. But the other thing is you have a Bill Gates out there and others that are buying up massive pieces of farmland, not just in the United States, but across the world. Now, what's the purpose behind that? Let's, you know, somebody needs to dig into that and really, really push on that particular issue. I think there's more behind that than has been discussed and is uh, some are willing to talk about. Um, oh, I, I agree with you on that one. And I just read uh, Bill Gates is also now going to be a 50% owner of Chevron and Occidental Petroleum. I thought he yep. hated oil. I thought it was dirty. I thought it was horrible. I thought it was nothing that we could use. But why is he buying? He's taking over the governance of these. And so he will change the way they do business. And it'll be instead of shareholders capital capital anymore, it'll be um, based on this social justice. Okay, so instead of being Occidental Petroleum, they will become Occidental Windmill and Solar Panels. Yeah, di yeah diversity and all of the above uh, programs, right? This is, so, so folks, do what this? do we, yes, I was just going to ask you, what do we do about this? This is a major issue. Well, I think, you know, you, you started out with it in the right area, and that's that involvement side. The biggest thing is we have to realize that um, it's time to start changing our mindset on things. We have gotten stuck thinking that um, the free that, that we live in a free market. We do not. Free market, it, the sands are shifting. And the large banks, insurance companies, these large corporations are hiding behind the nostalgia of free market. But they are actually in collusion and consolidating their power. And by doing so, we no longer have free market. What we have is big businesses are all together, so there is no one choice other than. So the free market disappears because they control it. And it becomes, so you're saying, well, okay, yeah, but well, if my bank is doing ESG, I'll just go to another bank, right? Well, you can do that. And most of our local banks and state-run banks are, are working very hard, or state-level banks, are working very hard to stay clear of the ESG. The problem is every uh, one of the smaller banks has to have what's called a corresponding bank. So uh, I, I'm Mr. Local Bank Owner and I need services done. My services and everything are rendered through one of the big banks. And so the big bank puts pressure down on the little bank. That's where your free market is disappearing. The same is happening and happening for your insurance companies as well. And so we have to be changing our mindset and understand it's okay to start pushing back on this at every level. So to do that, educate yourself, educate, 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 educate. 
And you can do that through a whole lot of a lot of ways. Heartland Institute has been working really hard on that. We have a website called climaterealism.com. You can go, um, there's books that we have written on this to keep yourself educated, climate at a glance. Um, there's a teacher's edition. Um, you can buy those, give them to the students, give them to teachers, give them to the to the public to read. So they're, they're written, they're so simple. They're written out so that it's one page of information on one topic and you can and, and you can become smart real fast. Don't buy into the lies, folks. You yep. have to read and understand the truth. And also, there's no reason for schools to have to have textbooks. They can use any book. Any book can become a textbook. All you have to do is ask questions and ask the summary and the main idea. And you will get a lot more truth and wisdom from reading books that are not textbooks because the textbooks have been written by socialists. So if they've already been written by socialists, why would we expect that they would preach America and American values? They won't. And by, yeah. Absolutely. And by teaching in that way, you will start to teach critical thinking again. And people will, our kids will learn how to think for themselves again, instead of being spoon fed information that's not accurate. Then once you know what you're talking about, go to your local governments, go to your representative, your state representatives, talk to your congressional leaders and educate them. And that's why I really like um, the way we're doing um, one pagers on ESG as well um, on the Heartland ESG ESG website. Those one pagers, you, you can hand them out. They're tip sheets. Congressman, here's a tip sheet on X, Y, Z. And we're going to have all the different topics of ESG on these tip sheets. And you can, you can hand those out. You can do those I hate to sound like I'm doing a promo ad here. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is so important because it's, remember what I said, folks, all plans are based on lies. We have to start reading the truth. And if we don't start reading the truth, you can't be a, a purveyor of the truth. If you start out with a lie, then everything you do afterwards is wrong because it's based on a lie. If you start out with the truth and you make a mistake, you could always go back to the truth. It never changes. That's the idea of the truth. That's what makes it so wonderful. Yeah. Um, it is so important that you get educated. And folks, Heartland is a wealth of information. So please, Betty, give everybody uh, where they can find you and what would be the best uh you know, the best articles, where they can go and, and what can be done. Well, on ESG, we've put together an ESG website from Heartland and it's heartland.org slash ESG slash ESG. And that on that website, we're um, getting our tip sheets ready and we'll have those for everybody to be able to PDF. So download them, send them out, print them off, use them. There's all kinds of information from basic primers to all the testimony we did over all of the various states in the last, this, this year. Articles from all kinds of people are on there. That wealth of information is there. There's an email on the top of that you can click on um, and, and look for some more information or if you have something very specific. I do ask, don't, don't click on that and ask me who your legislator are, is that is drafting the legislation. I cannot get give out their names. That's a private conversation between a client and myself. So I can, there's something very, very specific and you are really clear on what you want. I can pass that information on to a legislator for you. But it's best for you to look for your local legislator, talk to your local legislator, talk to your city councilman, 
talk to your county commissioners, work on those things. And when you're done and you don't, if you don't like the results you're getting, then run for office yourself. Oh, what a great idea. Folks, uh, please, this is so important because this will affect all of us. And we will talk about the individual at a later time. This was focused on what we are looking at with with our corporations and how they will be forced into accepting this new government great reset agenda. Betty, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Don't go away, folks. We will be right back. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the prism of America's education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. silent voices be heard. It was the rallying call that started it all. It's a wide spectrum of programming, from world and political news to societal and cultural stories. Six amazing years of news blogs, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. The Alliance is doing amazing things, folks. Please go to the website, see what we're up to, and copy it for your state. If you are in Florida, please get involved. After all, you know what we are. We are the MAGA terrorists. 
I had an opportunity to have a wonderful conversation with Sally Baptist from the blogtalkradio.com forward slash American Statesman, and I thought you would be interested in sharing this conversation. I fear that <clears throat> it is a lot worse than any of us could even imagine, and we, of course, are not prepared. And if we would learn to recognize the signs, then we wouldn't be duped into doing stupid things. Yes, we should be telling President Trump, okay, we get it. You were lied to. Come out and say that. Yes, I, that's important. But every time we are doing that, we're not paying attention to the economy, which is off a cliff, and Biden just wrote another $3 billion check to the Ukraine. In addition to now, Iraq has fallen into the hands of Iran. So you can imagine what that is going to do for the oil fields that will now be controlled by China. So we are facing a worldwide situation coupled with the destruction from the enemies within our own country. And the sad part is, I feel the Americans aren't in enough pain yet to pay attention to what's going on. Although, however, I am seeing a glimmer of hope, and I am seeing the people coming back in understanding of what's going on. And maybe all of these atrocities of which, I mean, think about this one too. This vote we now know is manipulated. If we didn't go through all of this and we just ignored the 2020 election, would we know this? Would we understand what we're facing? Would be able to say, wait a minute, we don't want that here or that there or whatever, whatever. No. So maybe we had to go through and experience these atrocities in order to recognize what they are and what's going on. Uh, there were many precincts that had many irregularities on the votes. Look at New York, where, and I believe it is also Vermont where they are trying, going to court to leave dead people on the rolls. Think about that, going to court to leave dead people on the rolls. Now, here's another thing. Remember the census and the big fight we had? Because we wanted, we didn't want illegals to be counted in the census? Well, guess what? All of those states that counted illegals in the census now gave the illegals the ability to vote, and those states have gained a representative in the House of Representatives. Do you see what's happening? 4.9 million illegals have been dumped into the United States in the past 18 months that Biden is in office. What do you think that that is going to do to this country? And as far as I see, we have a chance to do the right thing. We have a chance to get back on track, although it'll each time we don't, it will take longer to do it because the damage becomes more and more severe. But I was thinking of this, Sally. The affirmative action, I think that's what we're living through right now. 
because if you listen to the people talk, the bureaucrats, the talking heads, they can't even put a sentence together. They don't make any sense when they talk. And they buy into the most insane things. And I'm looking at them and I'm saying, oh, these are the people that went through the wonderful programs like affirmative action and no child left behind. Look at what we have created. So we have to turn to the schools as well. It's not what they try to do. And this is very important, folks. What they try to do is feed us sound bites. And if any of the Republicans or talking heads or opposition or anyone would ask them a question beyond their ability to say a, uh, a, a short sentence, they would find they have no answers. They'd be, honestly, folks, they'd be embarrassed. Why are we not doing that? Why are we not questioning them? Why are we accepting there are 67 genders? No, there are not. And now we're finding out that children's hospitals are mutilating children. Have we sunk that low that we now have to mutilate our own children? Or look at what's going on in the border. Over 38%, they said, of the kids coming across and of the people coming across the border have been trafficked and they are either human traffics turning into mules or they will become sex slaves. What? And we're allowing this to happen? You know, Karen, yeah, and we, we got to stress at this point, this is where the, the it's really no longer, the, the Democrat Party has been totally taken over by the Communist Party. People yes. have to accept that. Yes. So, you know, the Democrat Party, uh, they, they, well, we've known, they've been the racist party and whatever else ever since the day before the Republican Party existed. But, but people got to understand that it's the Democrats, they're out there acting like they care about people, but they're the ones killing the people. They're the ones causing the harm. I mean, at some point, you got to realize who your enemy is. Yes. The and enemy not- from within, and, and you've got to go out there and face the fact the Democrat Party is a communist party today, period. That's what they are. Yes. And you know what? It's that they are in both parties. So I made a list. Who are these people? Who are our enemies? Because if we can't recognize we're enemy, our, who are our enemies, who are we actually fighting? So they are the Democrats, the communists, the Marxists, the socialists, the dictators, the fascists, the rhinos, the progressives, and the Islamists. And anybody else who is against human rights. And that's what these people are. They are, you you were talking and uh, we have discussed many times the real goal of all of this, of what this is about, is depopulation. Do you think they care if they starve a couple of million people? Do you think they care if I was reading about what do you do with your windmill in a wind drought? I never thought of a wind drought, thought of a rain drought, but a wind drought. What's a wind drought? Anytime it does, it's not windy for 36 hours or more, the windmills won't work. What do you do in the winter? Think, people. They're trying to kill us and we're letting them do it. That is insanity. 
And we have to stop being insane. We have to stop giving them our power because there are certainly not more of them than us. We are the many, they are few. The problem is they have the media. So I think what we should be doing is making them define the words that they're using. They talk about how we're going to kill democracy. Okay, give me an example. This one is a racist pig. Okay, give me an example. Why does nobody say that? There are no examples. They just get to say these words. And we also have to understand that they are manipulating the language. They don't want us to talk to each other. And what they have done is they are using the same words, but they have changed the definition. And uh, case in point is the Constitution. I asked one someone something about the Constitution, and I was answered with, oh, that racist document. I said, excuse me? How would you get it to be a racist document? It doesn't even say race in the document. Not only that, our founders were advocates of no class distinction. They didn't want to be like India or like Great Britain. That's why they left and formed America. No class distinction. You could be in any class you want to be. That was the idea. You come here, you follow the law, and you can be whatever you want to be. Well, how has that changed is because they don't want us to be anything. They just want us to work for them. And the things that they are putting in place are horrible. <laughs> There's no other word to describe them. They are trying to get rid of the dollar and use digital money, worldwide digital money. All of this, by the way, comes right out of our favorite group of people from the United Nations, or I should say the communist United Nations, because they are a big group of commies. But this is, this is what we are facing. And they are doing everything humanly possible to get the people to conv be convinced that an abortion is a good thing. And then they'll turn around and they'll say, look at the world population, it's shrinking. Well, of course it's shrinking, you're killing it. In the meantime, they're cheering. Yay, it's shrinking. Listen to Bill Gates. He doesn't want more than a billion people. So what is he doing? He's buying farmland. Why is he buying farmland? Oh, he's going to work and invent new types of crops, really, when the farmland lays fallow. So this is what yeah, is going that, on. And uh, Bill Gates, uh, you know, the, with the right type of vaccine and controlling the food supply and stuff, and we will depopulate. That is his, his goal. For some reason... Bill Gates is under the impression that he is he's God. He, he has the right to decide who lives and dies. But he really he promotes the vaccines and the food. He he does, he wants to eliminate all meat and the, whatever they're whatever they manufactured meat, whatever it is they call it, some kind of stuff. It's all it's just sick. It's evil it and it's sick. And how many people are sitting there acting like, wow, this is uh, windmills are good. This is green. This is all wonderful. And yes. where's the expression of 
Yes, and let's remember Texas two years ago in the blizzard, and they had no windmills. They had a grid failure. Yep. Their windmills were down. What was it, 30 million people didn't have power? How stupid. And Texas, then, well, who, who knows? Uh, we were, I was told by the people from Heartland that we were inches away from losing the grid from the entire country because of neglect. And if it wasn't for a certain person who uh, saw something and fixed it, the whole entire grid of the country, except Texas, who's not connected to the grid, uh, would be down for a very, 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 very long time. Now, we don't want to see that happen, but anytime you see the word sustainable, think of the word control, because that's what they mean by sustainable. They are using that to control you. One of my favorite designers of Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, uh, what was he saying? This is uh, Maurice Strong. Now, Maurice Strong was an oil billionaire, made his money in uh, oil, and then uh, sold it to China. How nice. And he was the founder of the UN Environmental Program from, obviously, the United Nations. But he said, isn't it hope, the only hope for the planet that the industrialized civilizations collapse? And isn't it our responsibility to make it happen? Now, do you think they don't believe that? Here's another one. This Paul Ehrlich. He is a professor teaching kids who then grow up and become bureaucrats. What did he say? A massive campaign must be launched to de-develop the United States. De-development means bringing our economic system into line with the realities of ecology and the world resource situation. Paul Ehrlich, professor. In other words, when they say level the playing field, they mean shoot America down to the other third world countries, because if you remember what Obama said when he was talking to a graduate class in college, uh, that if you think you are going to own cars and have air conditioning like the United States, think again. Well, he didn't say this, but what he meant was, we're going to put you in cities and you'll have to use mass transit and you'll live right above your job. So you really won't have to go anyplace. And then we'll arrange for your apartment and we'll arrange for your food. Aren't we nice? That's what communism does. And that's where I fear we're headed. So we have a lot of work to do. This election is a critical. But we also had a discussion, and this has really been bothering me. And I think, folks, this is something that we need to go over with our elected officials. We are electing people at primaries. We should not be doing that. That is not a good thing. If you're nonpartisan or you don't have somebody running in your party against you, you don't have a primary and you uh, may be elected to that position as an NPA or whatever. County commissioners were elected 
in a primary. School board members were elected in a primary. And then less than 40% of the population voted. How dumb is that? We need to tell our elected officials that no more elections at primaries. That's how we get the same people over and over again, because nobody pays attention to the primary. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a communist school board and you say, how did these people get here? Yeah, I'll tell you, when it comes to this stuff, Karen, you know me, you, we've been talking about this. And I used to see it to a limited degree in Orange County. But what I've seen up here in Jackson County is it's even worse. And right now, you can see that both sides like it this way because depending on who's in at the time, as to how they can play the game. And here in Florida, now, I don't know if Nathan's out there listening, but yeah, I'm sure he has this number. I think it's close to 50% of the voters in Florida are no party affiliates, I believe. It's not 50% or it's close to it. I would, I would have to say it's close to it. But across the country, more and more people are rejecting these two stupid parties, rejecting all political parties, but most people think there's only two, when in fact I think in Florida there's somewhere around 20 altogether. Um, but the, all, the smaller parties are totally rejected. They're not even allowed to participate. So as a libertarian or a constitution party or the Green Party, whatever, if they don't get a certain amount of petitions or whatever else, their party is totally ignored. They, they don't participate at all. So the, the system is rigged in those respects, too. We talk a lot about the machines, which obviously that's a big part of it. But you can't um, undermine or limit, uh, minimize what is happening on this other level with all the people who are being disenfranchised and, and being alienated from the process. And, I mean, I wish I had the number. If, if you're out there, I'm sure you know the number on how many no-party affiliates are here in Florida. But understand that those the majority, the vast majority of the no-party affiliates do not think they're supposed to vote in the primaries in Florida because we have a closed primary in most cases. But it's not every case. And the, the system is rigged. And I have every intention of uh, reaching out to uh, Governor DeSantis before this 2024. That's what we're going to do here on 2022. There's not time to change it there. But we have to go. We cannot allow that many people. And, you know, the Republicans are actually pretty stupid to, to ignore the no-party affiliates anyway, because the, the majority of the no-party affiliates are not the extremist, radical, communist Democrats that are out there. They are the true moderates. And with, they, they're the ones, uh, I'll say, the voice of reason, that are not to the extreme, you know, in that case. So the Republicans are losing a lot of votes, too, too in my own opinion, more so than the Democrats. Democrats seem to rally together, Democrat Communist Party, rally together, do their own thing, and, and come together on this stuff, where the Republicans, just like the Republicans we have in office, uh, how many of them are told, they won't, they, they're cowards. How many cowards are Republicans? Call them rhinos, call them whatever you want to, but they've been taken over by the Communist Party as well, funded by them, or uh, they don't have the backbone to stand up and speak up. You know, we've got a few strong ones out there, but the vast majority of Republicans have no backbone, have no spine. And the, and we've got to get this other group of people engaged. It's totally, uh, I mean, you again, you've heard me say this enough, Karen, it is totally wrong. You should never be electing people in a primary. And that is happening. I, I, would, I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to really look into it, it hasn't been much time, but I would like to know in the state of Florida 
how many people were elected in the primaries? I, I don't know a number off the top, but I would like to know how many got elected in the primaries. That would be a good question, and that's something I will ask, and we should find out because uh, this is a very serious thing. And like you said, this is just another way to cheat, and that's what's happening because the people who are in a primary, many of them are are there continually because the votership is so low they don't have to go out and solicit. You know, if they're there, people have a tendency to say, oh, they're there. That's all. They're there. That's it. Or they don't vote in the primary, which to me is worse. And that goes back to lack of a civics education, which is why I strongly believe that we are living in the age of affirmative action. And it comes out and it's going to be affirmative action is going to rear its ugly head in the form of social credits because you have to be controlled. People don't want to give up their freedoms easily. They have to be controlled. They have to be coerced. And if you think that's not happening, please think again and be prepared and pay attention to those links that Sally sent you. And if you want to read the source document, you can go right to the UN website and put in on the search bar Agenda 21, and the document will come up. It's not hidden. It's really there. It is a way to control every aspect of human activity. That's their goal. And you have to fit in their little pattern. And that's why we have to know this. And we have to have our legislators know it. And we do not have to know everything. What we have to do is be able to recognize the pattern. They create the crisis. They allow it to fester. The people, in the meantime, they demonize those people in power. They make victims out of the criminals. They let the chaos continue until the people say help. And then lo and behold, there's not enough police. How did that happen? Well, we'll have to send over our federal forces or the UN blue hats. They came in a couple of times during Obama. Remember when Obama said, I want the UN to pay uh, to be provide the security for the election. What? The UN? Yeah. Are you crazy? Good for him twice. Do you really believe that? Because I don't. No. And uh, and how, what, why did people do this? Do you talk about affirmative action? How many people? There's a, a a book that was written by a black individual called White Guilt. And how people have been brainwashed into thinking that, and that uh, if you're white, then you're the one who's been abusing all these people and all this other stuff. And so the white guilt routine. It's, a, it's an excellent book. If you've never read it, please do. Um, because it just it helps explain the, the um, affirmative action syndrome. Is this really what it is? Somehow, if you, you know, hey, I, I work two or three jobs so I can afford to buy a house, I guess that makes me a racist. Wait a minute. Couldn't anybody else do that too? I mean, they. It's not like I get paid millions of dollars. I, you know, 
couple of minimum wage jobs and then a full-time job and whatever else. No, nobody handed it to me, and I, I had to work for it. But somehow that makes me a racist. It, it's insane. Um, and then you, you go out there with the affirmative action. We're changing the rules. Okay, you're going to be able to graduate with a, a, a high school diploma, even though you don't know how to read at a fifth-grade level. I mean, it, it's sick. And what we're doing for our own people, and we're doing it because of this communist takeover. People have to understand the enemy from that. And all the founders were so wise about this stuff. They understood this stuff. And I've, I've got the link out there on the show page today, Washington's Farewell Address. Go read that thing, please. If you haven't, if you've never read it, you definitely need to. Plan on reading it several times. I read it over and over again, and I see different things. And other things like, yeah, this is exactly where we are today. This is what he was warning about. It's just amazing how true what he put in that farewell address is, is, has come true today. All the warnings of what, it, what was going to happen if you didn't protect yourself. And our role was in talking about the credit, how we spend our money, how we work with other countries, all these things. And to understand there will always be those who want what you have. You will always have to defend yourself. And then we were, uh, I mean, I know growing up, being brainwashed and, well, we're, China's going to come around to us. We're adding China to the World Trade Organization because we want them to be part of the democracies of the world. We, we, we're going to convince them how much better this is than communism. Now, were there some people who were truly, genuinely believing, brainwashed? Well, yes, we're going to show them how much better life is. We're going to make them realize this is the way it should be. Or were they, in fact, the ones infiltrating the system, taking over? Here's how we're going to take over from within. They're going to be so dumb. They're, they're out there thinking they're helping us while we're the ones taking over their country and they don't even know it. I can't remember who first came up with this, so the expression about, we'll take over the, might have been Lindsay, but um, we'll take over the country and they won't even know it. Oh. And that's where we're at right now. Yes. They've taken over so much of this country right now and most people don't even have a clue. Yeah, go ahead. Well, they have been, we have been conditioned, and this has been going on for years. I, they always focus on things that are the most expensive and will never work, because if they work, you wouldn't need them. Well, folks, that's the end of our show for today. You have been listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. I can't say this enough, folks. We are going to be going through some tumultuous times. The most important thing is to be prepared. Have a wonderful week. See you all again next week. But I'll always stay proud and free. I'm a merry